Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and a very warm welcome back to OzBiz from our Barangaroo studios. You have tuned in to the call 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel on uh, this Monday. Let's bring in the panel. Uh, we have the Lion of Lithium, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. How are you, Henry? Good to see you. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, Koshi. I'm not sure the line of lithium is uh, really roaring at the moment, to be honest. It, we should have the uh, the uranium is uh, is the name of the game at the moment. That's that's the hot one. Blowing. Yeah. Yes, is, absolutely. Uh, has a chart that looks like lithium about 18 months ago. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, and also the... Uh, uh, well, we call him the the bull, uh, the bear of uh, of the markets, uh, Nathan Sopersandaran uh, from Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, how are you? I'm good. I'm uh, good. Are you are you a bull on uranium? Oh, we've been. We win. I mean, it's in our fantasy portfolio. It's yep. been one of the best performers, I'd say. Um, it has been. I mean, the energy sector for me is has been quite interesting for the last right. six to nine months. And you've been a uh, big backer of the energy. Yeah, and Paladin. I mean, the DIN is 130. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 60 cents. I mean, oh. yeah, it's moving. Would you be in it? If you're there, yeah. uh, I wouldn't be looking back. I'd be just sitting tight, right. see where it goes. Cycles, you never know how far it goes and yep, uh, enjoy it. Yep. All right, let's take a look at the... Uh, uh, first five stocks in this half hour. We're going to run the ruler over. Lend lease, Ramsey Healthcare, Maxi Parts, uh, Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals, and Arcadium Lithium. That's the new um, Alchem, if you like, uh, uh, merged uh, um, conglomerate that uh, um, uh, we'll look at and has been renamed. Uh, stock of the day, though, thought we'd take a look at Super Retail Group. Uh, shares have touched a record high, despite warning of a fall in first half profit as costs rise more quickly than sales. Revenue in the period, however, expected to hit a record $2 billion. Um, first half fiscal 2024 profit before tax expected to be between 200 and 203 million, beating consensus expectations by 17%. Henry Jennings, this was a super result from Super Retail. What do you think of it? It was a super result, Koshi, I have to say. And hard, I've got to say, hardly a surprise, is it? Let's face it. Uh, it shouldn't have been a surprise that the consumer discretionary stocks have been on a tear. I know we've been told uh, by numerous economists over the last couple of years that the world is coming to an end because of higher interest rates and the effect it's going to have on consumers. Well, we haven't seen that. What we have seen is consumers trading down a little bit. And this really, I guess, plays into uh, super cheap in terms of the boating, camping and fishing, because those three things are a lot cheaper than going to Rome or Venice on your holidays. <laughs> and if you look around the place, the number of utes 
uh, around that have got uh, camping equipment uh, very much stapled to them, if you like, uh, has been extraordinary. It certainly is extraordinary. You know, it, it seems every ute's got one of those awnings that pulls out. It's got all the camping gear. Um, these guys are very clever as well. They're very good at uh, promoting their core businesses. The actual, uh, the super cheap auto side is very clever. I, I signed up to their super cheap club and I get about 14 emails a day uh, offering me uh, battery chargers and shock absorbers and, uh, and cleaning products. So they're, they're pretty good. They've also managed uh, Cyber Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Fridays or whatever they had back in November very well and the Christmas run up period very well and you can see it from the results from boating, camping and fishing up 8% uh, which was pretty good. Uh, MacPack even doing okay at 4% so you know it's, it's, it's been very well managed in a consumer discretionary environment where people are looking to go on holidays, to go away, to go away a little more cheaply I guess. Uh, the boating, camping and fishing does play into it certainly you know today all-time highs. I think it's been mm. a pretty good, uh, pretty good response to that trading update. I would imagine that the brokers will be starting to uh, update uh, their recommendations and, and certainly upgrade. But uh, yeah. you know, may maybe it is priced a little bit uh, ritzy for my liking. Certainly, I'm not sure I'd be buying it here. I'll probably be waiting for it to uh, to pull back a little bit. But uh, unfortunately, these things tend to um, sort of remain pretty mm. elevated, and certainly okay. the whole sector has been. Okay, so you hold. wouldn't have, uh, so a hold. You wouldn't take some profits at these at these levels. It's a five-year high by a long way. I probably I'd have to say I'd be maybe a little bit tempted to take some profits if you had some, but certainly not uh, all of the holding if you're no. if you're looking at selling. But you know, it's all I always like selling into strength um, because uh, sometimes you know you can only sell when there's buyers around. So it's sometimes good to take some profits. But certainly, uh, I would be using it as an opportunity maybe to scale back on a sort of a tradable part of your core holding, if you like. Right. But uh, the results speak for themselves. Yep. The market's taking it well. I would expect to see upgrades. And the sector does not appear to be dead and buried by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And if we see interest rate cuts later this yep. year, you know, it's, it's going to benefit as uh, well. Yep. All right. Nathan, great brands, is it? Super Cheap Auto, Rebel, uh, BCF, MacPack, uh, 500,000 new customers uh, from migrants in the last 12 months has certainly helped retailers, has it? Yeah, look, these guys are one of the best operators in the, in the sector, yeah. hands down. There are a few good operators, you back them every time, but remember, these are cyclicals. You couldn't yeah. get a better cyclical than you do with retail. Super retail, uh, I think the management proved themselves when they bought Rebel, and everyone basically said that was a bad buy, and they turned it around and absolutely killed it. And so the management knows how to do the business. Um, they got good brands, uh, as uh, Henry said. People are traveling less, they're doing domestic holidays, that pay, plays into everything DIY. Yep. And these guys benefit from that. Um, but look, it, you are buying, you're not buying here. It's basically because all the retail stocks had substantial shorts, and so you're getting the shorts covering. Uh, same thing with JB Hi-Fi, same thing with uh, Super Retail. The best retailers are probably Super Retail, Premier, JB Hi-Fi, and if you want to look at it on the smaller side, someone like Shop. Uh, yep. They do well in bad markets, and we are in um, weak economic uh, outlook, right? So the problem here for me is you're buying a high multiple cyclical where consumer spending is doing really well. The assumption is there's going to be rate cuts. 
when consumer spending is this good, I struggle to see how you're going to get rate cuts. Yep. If you don't get the rate cuts, well, consumer spending comes off. If you get the rate cuts, you need to see consumer spending coming down. So cyclicals, you sell peak and you buy when it's nobody yep. wants to touch it. So, so you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be buying here. If yeah. you had it, what would you be doing? Uh, look, if you have a better idea, I'd be taking profit here and going there. Yep. If you don't have a better idea, I'd take the slow way out, take some profit gradually. Yep. If it comes off, keep taking more So you, you wouldn't be buying any retail at the moment because they've all had a sensational run. Uh, the good ones have had a big bounce on short coverings. Yeah. Uh, the, even the bad ones have come up, right? Yeah. So the sector has done really well where the assumption is um, rate cuts coming, but it's yeah. mainly because short covering. Right. So okay. that's ramped it up. I mean, there's still a fair amount of shorts in these yeah. stocks. So, um, so in that context, and, and, uh, and all because everyone's saying economy going into recession, retail is going to be hit hard. Henry, you've been dead against that for the last year, haven't you? Saying the economy wasn't going to be as bad, but I, I think that massive migration has sort of helped keep it afloat a bit, hasn't it? Well, I, I think it has. You're assuming that and the five hundred eighteen. Yep. 18,000 people uh, are actually all going camping and boating and fishing, which I'm not sure they are. Um, maybe they've all bought a rucksack or maybe they've gone to Rebel Sport to buy some trainers. I don't know. But, you know, when you walk around the shops, you know, there's still an awful lot of money around. You know, we, we yeah. concentrate on, on the effects of uh, you know, supermarkets raising their prices, etc., uh, of the cost of living squeeze that's going on, rentals, etc., um, but there are, you know, there is a group of people out there that are doing extraordinarily well still. I still see, you know, I still see tradies driving utes with P plates on. And these are $70,000 utes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. My car's 20 years old and I've got a Subaru yep. downstairs. There's a 2005 and falling apart. So I, <laughs> I've clearly followed right. the wrong path in life. I should yep. have uh, paid more attention to Mr. Furnish in carpentry class. Yep. Actually, it's, it's interesting. You always buy retail stocks when rates are going up. You always sell retail stock when interest rates are going down. Yeah. That is the historical data simply because rates go up because people are spending too much. Yeah. Rates go down because people are going to spend less. Right. right. So you take what from that historical okay. trend. All right. There you okay. Go. All right. Bit of investment history there. All right. Let's get on the stocks you want us to have a look at. And uh, Nathan Les wants you to run your eye over Lend Lease, the uh, the big construction infrastructure group uh, sold off a few parts last year. Did that impress you? Um, it's a dog, uh, but we bought the dog uh, around lower six. Right. And we recently just got out of it um, at 750. Right. Um, logic is simple. Um, everyone hated it. There's yep. a fair amount of shorts. And we knew they were going to sell assets, which was going to improve their balance sheet gradually. And the rates fell hard and the market did not buy it for that. So there was a lot of macro things that were short term was going to be a boost. So we had a good run. Now the worry is the macro is going to turn. Yields are probably going to go up. And it's not clear cut yet. Construction, still high cost play. There's still a lot of issues that has to go under the water. Yep. Um, we like a lot of service businesses. This is more construction and services. They've divested a lot of things. And the market's still worried because there's a lot of uncertainty hidden behind the Right. bonnet. When that comes out, who knows? So the risk return is pretty high. So I wouldn't be buying it here, but if it comes off again back to close to six bucks, it's actually not too bad for a trading okay. stock. Long-term investment, 
I don't think it ticks the uh, long-term investment play yet. Well, look there's at a, that five-year investment. <laughs> exactly. So there's History a there's a price for every, there's a price for everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I like dogs that at ridiculous prices, right? And there's a lot of turnarounds in this market. So uh, we did play it, uh, but we are out now. Uh, I think it's there are other service companies where the risk return is better. Like what? Uh, so we were in um, Codan, we were in Service Stream, right. we were in um, John Lynn, right. we were in Downer. Right. So there's things okay, where they're working for Yeah, there are, there are a lot of alternatives. So there's a lot of ways to get to where you want to get to. You don't have to take the most riskiest. Lend lease, look, it's still high risk, but I love lend lease below $7, okay. right? right? If it comes down below $7, high risk, but you could have a punt. But at this point, I think you're taking too much. Okay. Henry? Geez, Nathan's trading this for fifty cents. It sounds like he sold out at seven fifty. Doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem huge margins. Uh, what always astounds me is that many years ago, Lendlease was one of the bluest of blue chips. Yep. It was, you know, one of the biggest stocks in Australia, and, and people were talking about it the whole time. I don't think I've looked at Lendlease for donkey's years. <laughs> it, it's it has been, as Nathan rightly points out. An absolute dog to some extent. The only reason I've looked at it, just well, a little bit, is that my father-in-law lived on a uh, one of those lend-lease community projects. Uh, one of which they've recently sold. So they sold twelve of these community projects uh, for one point three billion dollars uh, to Stockland and its capital partner there, uh, Supayal Australia Holdings. So uh, that is of interest. And as Nathan says, they are divesting certain parts of their business. I, I find it, I must admit, I find it hard to get excited about this one. I know that if we see interest rates cut later this year, and I'm not expecting the RBA to move very quickly, I must admit, I think they, they were slow to uh, to raise rates against the Fed, and they will be very slow to cut rates uh, as well, given the uh, given the amount of immigration we have still and that pent-up demand. So I, I think there's better REITs to play, better service companies to play. Yep. I do like John's Ling, as uh, as Nathan says. It has run relatively hard, I guess, off a, a massively low base, six bucks twenty odd or something for Lendlease at one stage. Uh, it is hard to get excited about it. I think, like Nathan, okay. I'd probably be taking bits, and I'd probably not be in a massive rush uh, to get back in. But clearly, uh, another one point three billion dollar sale of these community projects helps the balance sheet. Not great dividend yield, uh, around 3.2%, no franking. Um, Yeah, no, it's not the most exciting thing in the world. Yeah, Uh, it's been a long time since the glory days of Dick Dusseldorp when he started Lendway. Yeah, a long, long time. (laughs) No place like home. Yeah. All right, Lee's wants a view. Henry on Ramsey Healthcare. Uh, the big pri- private hospital, global uh, global giant, healthcare stock that hasn't really run. It came up on a segment on Ausbiz on Friday uh, with uh, one of the technical seg- uh, segments saying Ramsey is sort of looking good from a chart basis. What do you think overall? Really? really? God. Mm. I'm, I'm surprised about that because it's not looking like it's doing anything on any basis, to be honest. Um, 
it's it's not done from a chart basis. It's been going absolutely sideways for for a long time. I guess the problem with Ramsey is uh, their international businesses to some extent, and they have had uh, issues in the UK. Of course, National Health Service in the UK. Lots of speculation on that. Uh, Ramsey did well during COVID because of all the sort of the COVID tailwinds that we saw. Um, the UK seems to be going better now. France uh, is a bit of an issue and there are some inflationary pressures of course in private hospitals with staffing uh, not only that of course with uh, keeping the lights on as well as energy prices go higher the the one thing I would say that goes in its favor is that you'll remember I think it was Brookfield uh, that had a go at them I think it was 87 bucks uh, from memory the market didn't believe it and eventually they walked off into the sunset here we are at 51 dollars mm. odd uh, and it looks like Brookfield made the right decision. Uh, they did sell their signed Derby uh, joint venture, which obviously was uh, was a little bit of uh, good news there. Some rare good news in that one, and that has pushed the price up. But I think enthusiasm is fading. The market does always like these healthcare stocks as defensive, you know. And we, we've talked about them, the CSLs, the ResMed, etc. <sighs> Apart from a takeover bid uh, again from Brookfield, which seems unlikely. Um, at the moment, anyway, I, I, I think it's best to hold. I, I right. find it hard to get excited about this one. Okay. All right. It, it is massive, though, isn't it, Nathan? It um, is. It 500 is. private hospitals across 11 countries, Australia, Europe, the UK, and Asia. Yeah, I mean, there's good and bad. Um, this is boring. Uh, but look, boring is sexy in this market, so it has it, that working for it. Um, there's positives to it. In current cycle, healthcare sector is in in play, yep. so that's positive for it. Um, the negative side of it, obviously, it's not a growth engine. It's going to be under regulatory worries around the world. Um, the positive side of it is, if things are slowing down, then Aussie dollar will weaken, also against the euro, and you get that benefit coming out of uh, the European exposure. So that's the positives and negatives. Um, the other side of it is we're trading near GFC, uh, sorry, not GFC, pandemic lows. So there's a fair thing of negativity priced in. So the technical side of it, I think that's where probably they're getting excited because it's consolidating. And if things improve, they should come through on the other side. But of course, there's a lot of risk to it. It does not come up for me as an idea where I want to take a punt. We are in three different healthcare stocks. Two of them have run way too hard, um, CSL and ResMed. The other one is Ansel, which is yeah. not really healthcare, but it's in healthcare. So yeah, that's actually up. recovered. Yeah, we'll talk mm -hmm. about that. So for me, it's, it's just a weird one. Ramsey doesn't tick the boxes for me. If you want to have that kind of a healthcare exposure where you're putting through a lot of things through a small operation and getting money, look at Sonic. Right. They're good players, global players, and they're not as expensive. The market doesn't love them. Um, and that cycle will turn around. So if you're going to look at that exposure, I would probably look at Sonic. Obviously, the caveat is if you get a takeover, you're going to pop. But I don't think anyone's going to suddenly come in with all this uncertainty. So you've got time. So I would look at Sonic over Ramsey. So, yeah, that's my okay. take on it. All right. Uh, Andrew wants a, um, a view, Nathan, on Maxi Parts. Um, I don't think this has sort of ever come up on the call while I've been doing it. Um, designs, manufacturers, sells transport equipment, um, spare parts and the like, refrigerated trucks, truck bodies, side tippers, that sort of thing. Yeah, look, it's in the sector that we like. It's the services sector, mining services, actually doing quite well. Because yeah. a lot of them signed a lot of really bad low margin contracts. They're cycling better contracts. 
But the thinking about these, the kind of parts and vehicles mm -hmm. into the services sector, it always, when the economy slows down and costs are high, they just take a lot longer to replace than they normally yeah. do. Yeah. They hold on to it longer. Like I've been in Austin Engineering before, and Jesus, we waited for years for that cycle to play out. Yeah. So it can take a long time. So I'd be a bit more cautious. Um, but look, I, I think the sector is good. I think they're doing the right things. And I think the overall uh, sector thematic will help them in the mining services. Um, but it is still a, what, 150 market cap. Um, right now, small caps continue to underperform. Yep. Um, and the market is not buying into the small caps. It's mainly in the large caps. So risk is still high. So you've got to be careful. In services sector, we really want to see an upgrade cycle before chasing these stocks. Maxi, I think if you're there, I will hold it. It's a hold for me. Yep. Um, I'm not putting fresh money because a lot of them have bounced and you need to have a cycle to go through it. I'm seeing, oh, look, another one that we got into is Austal. Yep. Um, there's a number of upgrade cycles working in that sector. So you, I want to be in the upgrade cycle. Maxi is doing okay, but I don't think it's shooting the lights out. I've got better options. So that's why okay. I'm not. And Austal's sort of in that M&A space that as well too. as a potential target. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think of Maxi Parts, Henry? Uh, Maxi Bonds. Um, I'm a big fan of Maxi Bonds. I'm not such a big fan of Maxi Parts, I must admit. Um, market cap, 150 million. It just doesn't trade, Koshi. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's the problem with these things. Liquidity is an issue. Uh, there is one big fund, NAOS, NAOS uh, which owns 19.8% of this one, yeah. which doesn't really help the liquidity. They've made a couple of acquisitions recently, which uh, they've just completed, which look pretty positive. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, the, the problem is if if um, somebody wants to get in and get out big time, it can move the price substantially. The low's been sort of 240, the high's been three bucks. Here we are at 270. It's probably middle of the trading range. It might dip, it might go up a little bit, but this is probably uh, you know, it's going to flatline to some extent and the volumes are pitiful and uh, that for me is a bit of a red flag I, I don't like buying things where you know if, I, if I've got 50,000 of them I, I can't get out because there's thousand trade a day and you have to it's trading by appointment which is always a bit of a pain in the bottom right okay all right uh, speaking of pains in the bottom uh, Des wants a view on paradigm biopharmaceuticals uh, Henry Des says was in the fantasy portfolio for a while last year, but the share price headed south all year despite a number of encouraging announcements. Share price now showing signs of life. Is it now safe to go back in and invest? Yeah, I think the fantasy here was from Ben, unfortunately, because he was the big fan of uh, Paradigm yeah, Pharmaceuticals. Just drop him in it. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Why not? I'm sure he's going to drop me in it at some stage. <laughs> ben Clark from TMS. If you're watching, all, I you can get your own I only said I only said, Ben, you, you're the one that's elaborated. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the trouble with biotechs is that they take a long, long time. I, I guess... You know, for me, one of the sectors that I think is going to be interesting in 2024 is the biotech sector. One of the stocks that's been, I guess, the poster child for this sector is Neuron Pharmaceutical, which yep. we've uh, recommended and looked at, which went from eight bucks to 24 bucks and has been an absolute standout superstar. And instead of the whole mesoblast, uh, you know, raising money to show very little uh, progress kind of business model that we've seen from them, uh, Neurofern, were, Neurin rather, were, um, were a superstar. Paradigm, 
You know, they've got a big year planned uh, for their Para OA 002 Stage 1. They've got recruitment going on there. They've got Para OA 008. Sounds like a, a spy, doesn't it? 007, <laughs> 008, 002. I think 008 was a, vis- was a villain from memory. So they've got a big year planned. Um, they've raised some money, uh, which, you know, let's face it, that's what biotechs do best. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I think Ben's the expert on this one. Um, I, I kind of went along with it because I deferred to him. But I think, you know, this year could be a good year for biotechs. But I'm not sure that Paradigm is the one uh, that I would uh, be looking okay. at just at the moment. I can't, there's, you know, there's a tiny little bit of consolidation on the charts. But, geez, it's, you'd have to be uh, looking, at, um, looking at it with a magnifying glass to see any real okay. signs of All right, we'll get positive. an update from Ben the next couple of days, I reckon, yeah, on Paradigm. Uh, Nathan, you're going to drop Ben in at two. You're part of the investment committee. And no, no, I mean, we push this pretty hard. Yeah, but look, I can understand the logic behind it. Um, look, you, I'm a fan of biotechs, I always say, right? right? I love the pain. You're a fan uh, of this? It's actually not too bad. It's got a lot of ponies riding. and But look, the risk is the same. They raise money. They always raise money. Yeah. They do a lot of tests. They always do a lot of tests. <laughs> now, if they get one right, it goes boom. If they don't, bye-bye. Yeah. So you have to know the risk return. And I accept that. And this is not something, you know, this is not Telstra. You're not buying Telstra here. So you take the risk return. Um, and Henry's right. I actually think this year is going to be interesting. I thought like everyone's been bullish on commodities, right? Yeah. Last year, everyone was bullish commodity. And as, as the commodity actually unwound, everyone was even more bullish on commodity, which is kind of funny. But anyway, when you have bullish commodity, forget biotechs because it's the blue sky play. You either punt on junior miners punching a hole and falling over some commodity, right. or you punt on someone trying to cure cancer, <laughs> right? And that's the risk return. Yep. So if one is on hot, the other one ain't going to get a lull. So biotechs is, no one's looking at it. So that's the problem. But I think the, the, big, the only commodity other than gold that's been running is uranium or um, iron ore. And iron ore is coming off now mm. because of seasonality. And China is not doing a lot. So apart from uranium, there's not many commodities shooting the lights out. Yeah, everyone's got the theory that there's a short supply. Yeah. We heard that about everything. So I think that'll struggle in 2024. I think the healthcare sector getting interest in 2024 will attract more attention to biotechs. Okay. So, but so you're saying uranium will struggle in 2024? Oh, I think uranium holds up. The energy sector, oh, you need up. that, right? right? Okay. Energy and gold is going to hold up. Everything else will struggle till the global economy turns. Yeah. So in that context, I think biotechs get a buy. Now, it's beaten up, so you're not putting, you know, your normal stock holding. You yeah. put a little bit in. I actually think it's worthwhile. They've just raised money. So you've got a period where they're not going to raise money um, and they've got test results. So if you're investing in this stock, yeah, you, you, you've got to believe that the management is doing something. And there's quite a few people trust management to do something. So I think the risk return is okay. But this okay. is high risk. You lose everything. So you can put a bid in. It'll move a lot if they're right. You're waiting for the test result. And I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a specialist. And I'm flipping a coin here. You will be doing the same thing. No one knows. So in that risk, you're taking that risk. So I would put a bit of money, but you're not putting a lot. No. It's got to be a high risk play. But I think your risk return is actually not bad. I mean, if they get a half decent result, this will pop three, four times. Yep. So okay. there's the upside. All right. Um, our uh, next stock is Arcadium Lithium, the uh, uh, name for the newly merged Alchem and, and Liven. 
Um, Henry, what do you think of <laughs> Arcadium Lithium? Aaron wants to know, is it a buy, hold or sell? Well, Aaron, good uh, good question, I must admit. The, the lithium sector has been difficult. It has had its own anus horribilis in 2023, if you like. And, you know, this one has merged Livent and Alchem. And remember that Alchem was the merger of Galaxy and Orocobre. Oh, so we're right. kind of... Not that keen. long it's ago bit, either. No, not that long ago. It's a bit like that amoeba I learned about in biology where they kind of split off and then they merge <laughs> and they do all sorts. Of, you know, it's, it's a bit like that. I, I, I think this is going to take a little while to settle down, to be honest. Uh, when you merge... It, it's probably easier in some respects to merge a couple of mining companies that is into, into merging other companies because they're, you know, they're separate projects and all you do is you change the name on the, uh, on the sign on the barbed wire in front of the gate uh, to some extent. But there is management, there is egos at place, uh, there is a little bit of time where it takes to settle down people to find their footing. So I certainly wouldn't be in a rush to buy this one as a merger uh, goes. The other problem, of course, is the lithium price, which although has shown a little bit of a sign of uh, some sort of uh, stability. It is still under serious pressure. And, uh, you know, we've seen that today. We, I think Alchem's down around nearly 3%, not Alchem, Alcadium is down around 3% today, uh, and Pilbara and others, etc. I still think if, if you're going to play the sector, and I'm not sure I would be rushing just yet, I think patience, grasshopper, as they say, uh, then I would be uh, preferring the likes of Pilbara, uh, mainly, there's a massive short position there, but it's also a, a quality producer, and it is only in Australia, and it's not mm. complicated. It's not a complicated story. Arcadium now is a, is a complicated story. It does have diversification through the uh, through the, the different projects that it has and the merge of the two companies, but as I say, that takes a little while to settle down. I note that the price targets from brokers is massively higher than they are at the moment um you know here we are at eight dollars sixty or something uh, and i think macquarie who's usually the most bullish has got 12 bucks as their mm. price target uh, bell potter i don't know what he's been taking uh but they haven't updated it for a little while um eighteen dollars 45. oh my goodness i think jousting sticks comes to mind uh, <laughs> tell them they're dreaming all right tell them they're dreaming so uh, not for you all right mate. Uh, Oh, yeah. Nathan, you're excited about Arcadium? Uh, um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, everyone loved lithium yep. um, and everyone had a short, how short supply is coming. And then I think City came out and said, yeah, it'll be short in 2029. Yep. Uh, yeah, that killed everything. Okay. Um, and, it's, and China, when they put the futures on their market, it just fell every day. Yep. Um, so the sentiment is not there. They've got sodium iron batteries running around. Um, that's got a lot of things good and bad. So there's a mix. Which is basically salt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but it can't do some things that lithium can do. Uh, so there's, there is that risk return, right? There is options coming up. Now, I think lithium at the moment, it's too hard. None of the EV commodities are doing well. My simple argument with EE, and I believe in climate change and all that and renewables, so I think it's great. Uh, but copper is underperforming gold for the last 12 months. Yeah. I don't care what else you put in there. You don't have copper or you don't have nickel. You ain't building much, yep. right? Nickel is collapsed. Copper is going sideways. So till they turn around, 
Yeah, you can buy as much as you want. It ain't happening. Right. So keep an eye on what's happening with copper and nickel. If they turn, then I'm looking at lithium at the moment. You're shooting you're in the dark. So okay. I'm not, not there. for you. All right, let's recap. Uh, the first five stocks, super retail is uh, a hold from both Matham and Henry. Um, they're sort of looking at taking some profits at these levels. It's uh, way up there at a five-year high. Uh, Lend-lease, a no from both uh, both in that sector, like like John's Ling as an option. Um, Ramsey Health, a no from both. Um, uh, Mathan's got a suggestion on Sonic in that sector if you want to look at it. Uh, Maxi Parts, no from Henry, hold from Mathan. Uh, Paradigm, no from Henry, a nibble from Mathan uh, because it's so beat up and it's got a fair bit going on this year. Uh, Arcadium, a no from both. Um, here on the uh, call, we've been following our own fantasy portfolio. It was picked by the Investment Committee, of which Henry and Mathan are part of. Um, no committee meeting in January. Uh, February 1 will be coming up shortly. But back in December, ResMed, Car Group and Johns Ling were among those that were added to the portfolio. Uh, profits taken on Wes Farmers, RPM Global and MA Financial. And it's up just, the portfolio's up just under 20%. Uh, in this half hour, we're going to run the ruler over Ansel, Little Green Farmer, Black Cat Syndicate, Omni Bridgeway, and Talius. Um, all right, Nathan, you mentioned Ansel in the last half hour uh, as one of those healthcare stocks you've been keeping an eye on. What do you think? I think it's interesting. Um, Ansel, I know everyone thinks. It used to be condoms. Yes, it used to be. Um, Now it's health and safety. So it pretty much trades with manufacturing PMI. Around the world, manufacturing PMI has had the most consecutive months of contraction in 20 years. So yeah, it looks crap. And crap is priced in. Now, the thing about Ansel is their health and safety, gloves and other protective gear. Now, it's a very low cost of the manufacturing cycle they are very high standard. So in that context, even if they put up prices slightly because of the cost, it's unlikely their customers are gonna suddenly change because the risk is too high. Right. They do change and they get something They wrong. had huge inv- inventories coming out of COVID, didn't yeah. they? They had to work through. Exactly, so there's, there's been a few things. I actually think management's really good. They've, they're one of those early adapters to technology-based uh, inventory management around the world, producing it at different places to reduce the cost of transportation and so forth. So they're really good at what they do. They opened up a manufacturing plant in Sri Lanka. I said, what the hell? Yep. <laughs> I, asked, I actually asked the CEO and he said, yeah, for a price of an MBA, I can hire three engineers and produce it less and transport costs it less to Asia. I went, makes sense. Okay. Uh, so they're pretty good at managing those things. So I like them long-term. It is one of those stocks for the long-term and it is basically at 20 year low manufacturing cycle. So you're buying something that everyone knows has got a bad macro. Right. Um, yes, it may go down a bit, but I think longer term picture, if you're thinking mm. year, two years out, I think this is a, a good growth story and it's a safe, high quality global player. You're not buying some $100 million stock. Yeah. This is a good global player. You're buying this low or end of the cycle. And if you're thinking long term, answer is a buy. Okay, so a buy for the long term. Yeah. Henry? Have you got the patience? No. Oh, that's a nice pun. Um, <laughs> they they have bounced uh, as they were uh, they were quite oversold to some extent. I you know this was a COVID story. Yeah. This was uh, you know and a big 
big sort of stock inventory story. Now, that Ansel have done well managing their inventory going forward, and they have run down that, uh, that oversupply. And I guess uh, their competitors are doing the same to various degrees of uh, success or failure, and that is going to help the market. I just uh, had a little quick squeeze at the rubber price. That really has bounced. Um, that is uh, That has quite an elevated level at the moment and of course that's one of the main components that goes into uh, the safety gloves and all that sort of stuff so that that is going to put pressure on their pricing going forward I guess um, it's it's funny when you look at Ansel which you know is, is um, one of those Australian icons and certainly when mm. it was in the condom business it was it was certainly quite focused on for some reason um, but the volume in this you know what you would think is a as in a blue chip three billion dollar company it's only three billion dollars these days it's not exactly huge is it um it's not that great it's certainly not what you would expect um i, I think it, you know it's bounced from 21 bucks it hit 25 and a bit it's come back to 24 and a half i think there's probably a little more downside to come if you look at that rubber price that's heading upwards uh, that is going to have an effect albeit i guess uh, a little bit of a lag effect on their uh, and their profit going forward and they are relying on some of their competitors to normalize the market in 24 so i guess if i was long this at, uh, at these really low levels that we saw back in october november uh, then I would be probably taking profits now. If you're a long-term holder, there's probably nothing wrong with it. Normal conditions will be coming soon. But as far as new money goes, there's, there's more well, There's more exciting things. Yep. Let's face it, Klaus. There's okay. things that are running hot at the moment. Why, why get bogged down with, uh, with a company that makes gloves? Yeah, okay. Well, um, if you're after excitement, Henry, James wants to know if Little Green Farmer foots that bill for you. Uh, medicinal cannabis business, uh, year before last, won an Australian Export Award uh, with, the, <laughs> with the backing of, of Border Force, would you believe? Um, security. So uh, what do you think of Little Green Farmer? It's in uh, oils and sort of ingested mm. cannabis yeah. as well as inhalers and the like. Yeah, well, not for me, I'm afraid, uh, Koshi. Um, it's uh, in the middle of it. I think, is it? Yeah, yep. it is. It is. Um, it's again not huge volume. Comes and goes, but not not huge volume. They are um, bloating off uh, part of uh, their business in the uh, the psychedelics. Uh, focus mm. subsidiary reset mind sciences and this is going to be uh, hopefully used in the depression or in the treatment of uh, depressive oh. disorders um, so this reset mind sciences um, is, is going to be sort of floated off they're doing a demerger at the moment uh, they're raising more money as well uh, for that so um, it's a little bit complicated it's a little bit more complicated than just medicinal cannabis Every now and then, medicinal cannabis has had that, you know, that big run. It comes back into the zeitgeist, etc. But it, it really hasn't, um, it hasn't done much. Once again, volume's an issue here. You know, if, if you're going to play this game in, with speculative stocks, I think there's probably other speculative yep. stocks that I would be looking at than Little Green Farmer. Okay. Um, little Green Men, I think, would be a more um, <laughs> A better description of this one, to be especially with the psychedelics going on. Yeah, yeah. Nathan, what do you think? Is Henry you, being you, a bit unkind? You'd be surprised that Henry's more berries than I am. I'm the bear. Uh, yeah. And I was like, I'm trying to be optimistic here. Um, I look at the cannabis side. Look, everything has a cycle, right? And when the cycle comes, you make money. 
And these are high risk plays. You're trying to pick something that hasn't happened before. You're trying to pick the thematic. Right now, it's a sector thematic that is going downhill. Um, all cannabis stocks are struggling. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to pick it. It's not to do anything to do with the specific stock. It's just overall sector. The market's not taking the punt in that. So you, you, even if you're right, the market's not paying interest. So this is the problem. You have to be there, something that the market's going to pay attention to and willing to pay a high multiple for. That's where the good, you know, you're going to make money. This is not about being right. It's about making money. You are there to invest. Yep. So cannabis, look, if they prove to be something uh, in a particular category and the market's willing to pay for it, yes, the option will come back. Right now, it's not there. I don't see the catalyst. I'll buy something if I can see a catalyst in a year, two year, and the market will price that in. I don't see the not catalyst at the moment. So uh, I don't see the risk. I'm a fan of biotechs, but this is not in the play at the moment. Okay. All right. Uh, Phil wants a view, uh, Henry, on Black Cat Syndicate. Uh, Phil says, starting production in the September quarter of this year, but has been in a long-term downtrend despite the gold price being high. Um, gold company, of course, uh, Bullong uh, Goldfield located just east of Kalgoorlie. Um, what do you think, Ed? As, as you, you explain all the time that these explorers have a life cycle, everyone gets excited with a fine, then you've got to bring a mine into production. <laughs> That's hard work. Not many people can do it successfully. These guys are going to be producing in the September quarter of this year. Is the timing right for it? Uh, Koshi, I don't know. I, I guess one of the things that turns me off this one is, is the name of the company. Um, Black, no, I, Black Cat. I am a bit. Well, Black Cat Syndicate. What does syndicate mean? <laughs> You know, I don't think there's any other companies, you know, Black Cat Mining, Black Cat Metals, but Syndicate, it kind of, you know, it just, to me, it's, it, it feels like there's a, a, you know, there's lots of people with lots of fingers in lots of pies in this one. Now, these guys are bringing on the Paulson's gold mining project, restarting. And uh, now restarting projects has been fraught with danger. Look at Panoramic Resources and uh, Poseidon Nickel in the nickel space, which I think which is one of the reasons why the market is somewhat sceptical. It is an mm. underground resource. It's quite high grade, uh, 177,000 ounces, uh, four-year kind of mine life, uh, and it's one of the only processing facilities within 400 kilometers. And as you say, uh, they're bringing on uh, production in the second half of 20, uh, this year. 2024, that takes a little bit of getting used to, doesn't it? Um, they've got two other projects, Coyote, Coyote Ugly, and uh, Cal East. Uh, and now the, the idea behind this one is that they're going to use the revenue from Paulson's uh, to plow that money back into uh, Coyote and Cal East, which are um, slightly bigger uh, resources and bigger projects. So that, that is, you know, the, Paulson's is the cash cow and then they will use that money. So that's, I guess, alleviates the problem to, to raise money. They've just raised $9 million from a, a complicated convertible issue. Uh, I think that's part of the syndicate part of it, right. which I don't like. Clearly, they haven't responded to the gold price rise, as many others have this year. Um, not really for me. I think okay. if you want to play, restarting mines has been kind of fraught. It's not that as easy as just um, you know turning the key and the machine cranks up again. The share price has been going sideways for some time. I wouldn't be surprised to see it continue to go sideways for a little bit longer, maybe as we get closer to production and that money being spilt off to Coyote and Cal East, uh, things will improve for them. But uh, you know the syndicate bit worries me. 
and uh, the restarting Paulsons worries me as well. Okay, all right. Plenty of options in that Gold Explorer minor area too, isn't there, uh, Mason? Does yeah, the... there's there's cast of thousands. Um, and and to be on the positive side, spot gold in Aussie dollar is over three thousand dollars for a while. Yep. So pretty much all of them are doing well. The high cost player is West Gold, and that was December last year was like eighty odd cents. It's now two dollars something. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of gold stocks have had pretty good runs. We've been yeah. on it for a fair bit. Um, we had about uh, Northern Star, um, Evolution, Gold Road, West Gold, Silver Lake, Regis. We played in all of those stocks and some of our models are in all of them at the moment. Um, Silver Lake is probably the underperformer. Everyone uh-huh. hated Evolution and Silver Lake doing the acquisitions. Guess what? Now they look smart because they bought it. Now they're churning out cash. Yep. Um, so all of these businesses where the spot gold in Aussie dollar is, will pay off their debt much faster than what market thinks, and suddenly they start looking great. So we like the gold sector. Um, we think they're still undervalued, um, so we like that. But look, it's hard to jump into an explorer without the market being really positive. Mm-hmm. The market is not really positive on the gold sector. I'm happy with that because yep. as they get converted, the price goes up. Um, so I'm sticking to explore. I mean, actual producers who are on a discount. So you can buy the biggest guy in Northern Star and it's still on a relatively good multiple and it's churning out cash, mm. right? So in that context, I don't see the need to jump to the Explorer for the high risk. Um, so yes, that's not, Black Hat is not for me. If you want to buy a producer that looks relatively cheap, look at Silver Lake, has had a few issues, but that's turning around. Or look at Gold Road. You pull back hard on the last result, you're probably getting right. 10-15% there. So there are producers that you can get that are doing quite well in this macro. Okay. All right. Uh, Liz wants a view, uh, Nathan, on Omni Bridgeway, which is basically a, um, a group that finances legal disputes and litigation, you know, class actions and things like that. Um, pretty big. Deals with law firms, individuals, sovereigns. Uh, they're in Africa, Asia, Europe, right around the world doing this. Uh, this is probably one of the most, um, I guess, confused stock. Most investors probably don't understand it as well. No. They've changed their model to punting, to becoming more like an asset manager. They're oh. really good at how they do their business, but it's lumpy. And the market does not know how to value it. And it's been on a downward spiral for about a year, year and a half. Horrible. Now, I love that. It's too hard. It's a science project. It's too hard for the average investor. And that opens up opportunities. Uh, if you're a, a retail fund manager, you've got to get a decent holding, then it becomes an issue. When you're a retail investor, you have the luxury to go in and out. Mm. This is not low risk. I'd say probably medium, uh, probably a bit more, uh, probably closer to high risk. But I think it's worth the punt. Management is really good at what they're doing and it's lumpy. So when it gets into an upgrade cycle, this can run hard. Wow. And yeah. at a dollar twenty, dollar thirty, I mean it's dollar thirty now. Actually, it's not, not that bad. I think it is also countercyclical. the The economy does not matter because people sue each other all the time, mm. and then people get stuff wrong all the time. And there's lawsuits. There's big uh, case studies playing out. So in that court cases, these guys actually do well. So you're looking for in a weak economic cycle. This is actually could be a, a decent play. Mm. So this is one that gets ignored. And yep. it's been basically sliding down because the hot money has been leaving gradually. But it's actually not bad. So I would actually say it's a nibble. Take a small holding. Keep an eye on it. If they start to get a few things right, 
this will turn around and move, and then you can add to the position. If they get it wrong, you know, get out. But yeah. it's, it's not that they will get it wrong. It's just nothing will happen, and market will lose interest. So you might slide a bit. So that's why I'm saying don't just jump in and throw your money at it. Yeah. It is relatively high risk. So take a small holding, and then build it over time. Yeah. And when the cycle turns, then get a bit more aggressive. Okay. Uh, Henry, what do you think of Omni Bridgeway? Uh, yeah, um, it's um, it's a hard one. I, I have to say, when I was a kid and I had a science project, I used to get my parents to help me out. Uh, <laughs> um, they, they were far better at, better at it than I was. Uh, Omni Bridgeway is a funny one, isn't it? At least they've now started using other people's money. That's right. To to uh, to fund their litigation expenses, which is a good thing, and they just clip the ticket, which is a good thing. It's a bit like a, a fund manager in the stock market; they're now becoming a fund manager in the litigation market. So they raise money from investors, and they clip that ticket. They also they're very much beholden, of course, to the courts and the outcomes there, uh, which does leave it to some extent in the lap of the gods. And I guess you know it is too hard basket. I tend to agree a little bit with with Nathan in that it maybe it is too hard and a lot of people discount it. I'm not a big fan of the model. It's it's kind of hard to predict sometimes uh, how these settlements and the litigation goes. They are pushing into the UK, which apparently is the second largest litigation finance market in the world. Yeah. Um, so so that is a good thing, and they are using other people's money which is always a good thing something my father uh, was uh, very keen to uh, to embed in me at a, an early age so being able to become a fund manager of the litigation funds does seem a sensible route rather than continuing to fund it themselves because lawyers are expensive as mm. i'm sure most of us will know even uh, my um, my colleague here in the office at uh, marcus today he had uh, a one-hour phone call with his lawyer the other day and was charged nearly a thousand dollars um, for a one-hour phone call, um, it's it's extraordinary. There's one eight hundred numbers that are cheaper than that. So um, I, I tend to agree. With, uh, I, should, I can tell you a story about that. My burn. Uh, I can't burn. help myself. No. That was just too easy. <laughs> All right, let's get. All right, um, I think it, it, it's probably an accumulate here only because it has started All to right. find a bit of a bottom at dollar thirty. So I would accumulate it. Not a massive fan of the business model, only because the courts are vague and they okay. can go either way. All right, so but it's nibble. Nibble from both. It's, it accumulates. Okay. All right. Uh, now, Les wants to view um, uh, our final stock, Henry Ontelius. Uh, Michael says it appears to be gaining sales and momentum, some tailwinds for the business. Looking to allocate a small percentage of my portfolio to microcaps, and this could be at the inflection point of cash flow positive, according to Michael. It's in um, it's a tech business in the aged care industry. What do you think of uh, Talius? Well, I guess uh, the good thing is uh, the, the share price being where it is, you can get an awful lot of these. You can buy a million of these and it's not going to really uh, impact your lifestyle too much. And, you know, sometimes buying these kind of stocks, these kind of prices can be quite uh, profitable. Uh, and as always, uh, I always used to say when I worked for Macquarie, having a million or something is always a nice feeling, even if it's complete <laughs> rubbish. Um, I'm not saying this is complete rubbish. They've clearly got a, a bit of a niche in uh, in aged care and the dementia side of things for residential aged care and, and these kind of uh, emergency tracking, uh, you know, when they push the button, the help comes, etc. Um, it, it's going to be slow. Uh, you know, if you're going to have a pump, you know, if you want to pump for 2024, why not? Volumes 
not great, I've got to say. I don't know enough about it, but you know, it's it's clearly a growing market in some respects. It's it's trading at a cent. You know, it's a day trade, especially if they have any kind of good news. You know, they could pop to 1.2, 1.3, and and you could do relatively well. But you know, they could just sit here for another a year. So uh, it, it's a traders special, is okay. what I would say. You right. Buy it and you trade, and you don't fall in love with it because these things take time. Okay, Nathan. Uh, they raised money in early December, two and a half mil, and they did an update at the start of Jan, and the stocks done nothing. Um, so there's no real catalyst at the moment. Interesting sector. Um, just a side point: HK should be a massive winner in Australia. Mm. Everyone who invested in that sector lost money, pretty much. So it's been not, it hasn't been a great sector. So the obvious sectors struggle. This one doesn't have a catalyst, as we said before. I like to punt on these kind of stocks. It's interesting. There is an upside, but you need to know a catalyst while you're playing for. So you know a time frame and what it can do. This one doesn't give me that at the moment. It's updated the market. Nobody cares. So I will, you know, it's, it's interesting enough that I will keep it on my radar, but I'm not jumping into this one yet um, because I don't see what I'm jumping in for. So right. it's an interesting stock. This is what I love about the show. You find stocks and you go, what the hell? And this is one of those ones I go, it could be something, but it's not there yet. So yeah. I will follow it. Um, so I think that's what investors should be doing. If you come up with ideas, it might not be a winner for you, but it could be on your list. Uh, and at some point they might do something and then you go, hey, I better yeah. look at that one. So yeah, yeah. so keep a list. It's like, you know, it's like a batting order. Keep a list and, uh, you know, always check on your list. Somebody might be doing something. And this is one of those ones, I think, good for the batting order. Okay. All right. Let's recap the final five, five, five stocks. Uh, Ansel, uh, a note from Henry. Um, if you're looking for the long term, possibly a buy from Nathan. Little Green Farmer, a no from both. Black Cat, a no from both. Uh, Nathan um, suggested maybe Silver Lake and Gold Road as an option. Omni Bridgeway, a nibble from both. Um, Henry and Nathan and uh, Talius, uh, a traders special from Henry and Nathan will keep it on the watch list for a, a potential catalyst sometime in the future. Uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Good to see you, sir. Thank you for joining us. Have a good week. Pleasure. Thank you, David. Likewise, Nathan Somersandaran from Deep Data Analytics. Good to see you. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, that's our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, uh, go to ozbiz.co forward slash call picks or tweet us on X using at TV. And um, of course, add any comments that, that you like, uh, any questions. We uh, really appreciate that as well. See you same time tomorrow for another edition of The Call.